Carl Jung said, Awaken and shine your light for others to follow. The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. This is an invitation to move differently in the world, to operate from a place of deep knowing and alignment. I'm Adrienne McDonald, and welcome to the Source Code Podcast. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back, or welcome if it's your first time. Happy Friday. So what does the muse have for us this week? Last week, we talked about the dark side of humanity. This week, I want to talk about the light side. But before we get into that, as expected, I had some interesting comments and questions around last week's podcast. Um, One of them was, what did I expect? It's not as much of an expectation as a hope and desire that people in disagreements can find peaceful compromise, whatever the situation. In this case, perhaps I was thinking a two-state solution. However, I understand there's been resistance to that. And I've been thinking about the question I posed, what would you do in this situation, whether you be on one side or another? And I still don't really have a solid answer to that as well. I did a, I still have a lot of compassion and empathy for the innocents caught up in this conflict, regardless of where, whatever line or side they're on. Um, I think that when you are operating out of survival mode um, and fear, it's much easier to be manipulated. That goes across the board. I had a lot of conversations over the past week with some Jewish friends, with some Muslim friends, with some Christian friends, and some friends that don't fit into any of these categories. And there was a lot of, we just want peace. And I think the other conversations that I've been having is about silence. And I may have even said something to the effect of I was surprised about the some of the silence around this conflict. And for context, yeah, I, I have been a little surprised in some cases. However, I think this is a little bit more complicated. On an individual level, I don't think people should be pressured to say anything about anything. I think Africa brought Brooke puts it much better than I could possibly when she said, just because you choose to speak doesn't necessarily mean you care more than someone who chooses not to speak on said issue publicly or at all. You have your own reason to back up your approach. We can only hope that it's coming from an informed place, except the reality that others have theirs. And I think that's beautifully stated. Where I think it gets more complicated is if you're in public office or an institution in some cases, silence gets a little bit more complicated. However, even in those instances, I can appreciate pressing the pause button and crafting a more thoughtful response, not a reactive one. Because this, I think a lot of people do reactive comments and that's why they're having to walk things back on occasion. And if you if you press the pause button, it prevents having to walk back comments much, much more. It's much more unlikely that you would have to walk back comments. And I still believe that gleefully killing 
another human is wrong regardless of who does it. And I believe that's a pretty low bar that we should all be able to cross. Again, this is deeper level shadow work. David Lieberman gives insight into his book, Spellbound, around this, the complexity of this work. Integration of the shadow into consciousness may help us become more whole, but there are limitations to this integration. Another modern-day story filled with mythological motifs, the Harry Potter series, illuminates the nature of this limitation. The reader sees aspect of Harry Potter's shadow distributed among three characters, Snape, Malfoy, and Voldemort. And by the end of the series, Harry and Malfoy have saved each other's lives, and Harry uses magic and has seen the world through Snape's eyes and ultimately honors him as the bravest man he ever knew. The aspects of the shadow that these two characters represent could be integrated, but not every aspect can be tamed. The darkness in Voldemort had to be rejected and destroyed. It's not easy to tell whether something is evil or merely looks evil because it hasn't been tamed by the conscious. Is the witch really a witch, or is she Mother Nature in disguise? Is the evil beast really a beast, or is it an enchanted prince who needs transformation? Who would have guessed that Vader would deliver Luke from the power of the emperor? Side note, that was me. I guessed that. Identifying the parts of the shadow that are potentially helpful is crucial in being, as is being able to distinguish between what looks bad because it needs transformation and what is irredeemably evil. We need the wild energy of the shadow, the parts that can be transformed into helpers to successfully come overcome what is truly evil inside of us. Dumbledore, the headmaster of Harry's school, repeatedly emphasized Voldemort could not be defeated without the health of Slytherin, home of the Dark Wizards. If the Slytherin students and teachers had been affected, cut off from the rest of the school the way Mr. Hyde was cut off from Dr. Jekyll, the Dark Wizard would have joined Voldemort. By accepting them, many, though not all, became allies. It's hard to know which parts of the shadow should be accepted and which ones rejected, and it's guaranteed that we'll make mistakes before we get it right. Finding our true selves requires not only courage and strength, but a willingness to take risk. If you're too afraid of cuts and bruises, you will never learn how to ride a bike. If you're too afraid of the demons inside of you, you may never be able to claim your birthright of inner strength. Accepting some of the darkness can help us make us strong so that you can overcome the parts that cannot be accepted under any circumstances. We make Darth Vader an ally so the Emperor can be destroyed. I thought that was fascinating. And obviously I liked it because it had a Darth Vader reference. But it's very, very true. It's like you want to integrate the parts that are helpful so that you don't cross that line, so that you don't dehumanize another human and thus can commit unspeakable acts. 
I have a tattoo that says Sta in Lusum, which is Latin for stand in the light. How do we get to that? How do we stand in the light in mid-chaos? Well, just like I described to you, you have to be familiar with the darkness in order to do so. And this applies in many different areas. Like when I used to teach leadership development, that was one of the first things that I one of the one of the first things that I talk about is the chessboard. And this was a technique that served me very, very well in corporate. And the principle was to get very curious and very observant. Learn each player on the board and how they like to operate, what was important to them. Who did they have influence over? Who had influence over them? But the most important lesson was to keep the emotion off the chessboard. The objective was to be the chess master that could be an observer and not the pawn that's going to get run over on the board. That's a never-ending process because people come and go. So the focus is, how can we best make this work together without creating drama? On a previous episode, episode 9, I talked about the carp and the triangle. It's pretty well known for modeling the connection between personal responsibility and power in conflicts and the destructive shifts and roles that people play. The triangle is made up of the persecutor, the rescuer, and the victim, and everyone is vying for that victim role. The empowered triangle, which is the flip of that, is when the persecutor becomes the challenger, rescuer becomes coach, and victim becomes creator. And in reality, we see this triangle play out in society quite a bit as well. It's not, it's not, it is just as non-productive then as it when you're dealing with it on an individual level. I could argue it's a bit harder to escape when you're looking at it from a societal standpoint. I've always pretty much talked about that from an individual standpoint. But over the last couple of weeks, three or four weeks, I've been thinking this is really playing out on a, a bigger scale. And it comes back to people operating from fear and scarcity and zero-sum game. And uh, another book that I've been reading relatively recently because it just came out was Don, who uh, Don Jose Ruiz's book, The Shaman's Path to Freedom, and he talks about that loving others unconditionally doesn't mean that you never disagree with them or you don't feel frustrated by their actions. It doesn't mean that you're pandering to them or letting them violate your boundaries or saying yes to their requests when you really, in your heart, you mean no. What unconditional love does mean is continuously extending your benevolence towards others and towards yourself, even in the midst of conflict and disagreement. It means refusing to contract into fear, hatred, or suffering or to take action from a place of negativity, even when you're being strongly provoked. And it means making consistent attempts to bring your highest self to every interaction while continuously seeking to connect connect with what's highest and best in others. I thought that was lovely, but also can be 
extremely difficult to do in some situations. Although, says in practice, when you practice this, you become a master at it. And that is the only way to do that is to become a master through practice. In reflection of this, sometimes I think the easiest way to do this is to go out and do something for someone else, like from a place of you're not going to get anything back, or you may, you may not get anything back. I went out and donated blood this week for the first time. I am not an, I am not fanned in the needles. And, um, I had been thinking about this for a while. I have a rare blood type, so I and I know that it really could be very, very beneficial. And so I was like, okay, you know what? This week I'm just going to go do it because I, I just felt the need to do something that was a little bit extra meaningful this week. And I've been working on this um, online course, Source Code, Be Rooted Amid Chaos. And, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I've really had the opportunity to step into some of my own course teachings. Um, and my intention with this course is to people have, for people to be able to build a really strong foundation, a toolkit that they can go back to again and again. And that's what I had to do is and to return to these foundational pieces. It's really unrealistic for anyone to stay on all the time. Life moves in cycles. We all have challenging days where that light is hard to find. That is why we build the toolkit. And um, it was it was very helpful. I tweaked uh, some of the exercises that I had put in the course um, based on um, some of the, the awareness that was changing within my own practice. And um, what I also was hearing is in the midst of chaos, I think people find it more difficult to make a decision because it, it can feel a little bit overwhelming or daunting. And so I have six questions you can ask yourself that provide more clarity, that can enable you to make decisions for a, from a much more rooted place and um, help you bring that higher self to every interaction, as, as Don Jose was talking about. So the first question is, will this choice set me on a path towards an inspiring and growth-oriented future? Or is it going to tether me to the past? Two, will this choice contribute positively to my mental and emotional energy? Or is it going to drain my energy? Three, and this is particularly um, daunting at some, it's for some people. Um, and this is one that when I'm going through something really challenging, I have to ask myself on repeat is, will I use utilize the situation as an opportunity to cultivate evolution and growth or will I use it as a reason for embracing victim mentality, self-criticism and stagnation? Four, does this decision 
reinforce a positive and empowered mindset, i.e. get keep me out of victim mentality, or does it undermine my confidence and self-belief? Five, is this action in alignment with self-love and personal growth, or does it reflect a mindset of self-sabotage? And that's very helpful for you to know what your default self-sabotaging behaviors are. Because it's like it's one of those checkpoints. And number six, and this is also very important, especially I think right now, uh, when people are feeling pressured to say one thing or another, is am I asserting my own values and personal convictions? Or Am I primarily concerned with conforming to the expectation of others? I think running through those questions can really like reset you if you're like feeling chaotic or overwhelmed or got some anxiety. It just it 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 takes it down and should. F- empower you to feel a lot more settled. To close, I would like to take us through an exercise from Don uh, Jose Ruiz. And however, do not do this if you are driving. You know, take a pause, maybe come back to it. I've been doing this over the past couple of days. I have found it to be very uh, relaxing and um, I don't know it, it, it's it's also helped me reconnect as it were because I was feeling a little disconnected from humanity. So I want you to take t- three deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth and through the nose. Out through the mouth, in through the nose, out through the mouth. Okay. Rub your hands together until you feel some heat and energy building up between them. Close your eyes. Visualize all the people in the world who are in need of love at this moment. The sick, the lonely, the vulnerable, and all those who are suffering. Now reach out your hands and imagine the warmth and energy you just generated flowing out to these people, wherever they may be, whatever their situation might be. Now imagine this warmth and energy soothing their pain, easing their suffering, giving them the love they need. Now bring your hands back to your heart and let some of this warmth flow into your own body, filling you with the energy of love. 
Now take a deep breath. And exhale. And open your eyes. As always, thanks for listening. And any comments are always welcome. If this resonates, please share it out. Always happy to connect on social media. As I've said, I tend to be on IG, Threads, Facebook, and LinkedIn more than anywhere else. And of course, remember to find beauty every day. Thank you for listening to the Source Code Podcast. If you found this episode insightful and feel moved to, please leave a review and share it out with those you believe will find it helpful. You can check out my website for more information at www.adriamcdonald.com. And for more of my more regular musings, connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, and LinkedIn. I hope you have a beautiful week.